Hello, welcome to the Being Whole podcast, where we bring on guests that support my focus here in honoring and caring for our whole selves through sharing their journeys and wisdom that they've learned along the way. I'm so excited to be back to kick off our next season of the podcast. Today, we have Miranda Lee joining us. My friend Miranda is a faith-based health and confidence coach who loves to help busy go-getters build confidence through food, freedom, fitness, and faith. Miranda and I talk about boundaries, we talk about food, we talk about working out, but most importantly, we talk about the ways that you can honor your body and nurture yourselves and what being whole really looks like from a variety of perspectives. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm excited to have Miranda here and can't wait to dig into this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Being Whole podcast. Today, I am here with my friend, Miranda Lee. Thank you so much for joining us, Miranda. I'm really grateful that you're here today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to talk to you. Okay, well, you have so many interesting things that are happening in your life, so many different things that you do. You know, one of the biggest spaces that I recognize whenever I go to your Instagram or whenever I talk to you is just the way that you promote how people should be living in a way that's healthy for them, living in a way that, you know, is authentic to who they are throughout mental wellness, physical wellness, you know, just approaching it really as something where, who are you as a person? How do you solidify that? And how do you live in a way that aligns with you? So how did you get to a place where you kind of started on that space? You know, can you tell us a little bit about your journey and what led you to want to coach other people in this way? Yeah, so it was definitely a long, bumpy road to get to where I am now as um, a faith-based health and confidence coach. Um, but, you know, I think it stems all the way back to um, probably the fifth grade when I started really diving into my own personal fitness and health journey. Um, but looking back at it now, it was definitely something that was really unhealthy and obsessive. And it just grew from there. Like I spent, um, you know, lunch in the fifth grade, you know, eating my vegetable soup. And then I'd go run a mile every single day um, during recess. And, you know, I think one of the biggest issues is that it was um, celebrated and applauded by my peers and, you know, by adults in my life. Um, So I thought, you know, this is it. Like, this is how I become worthy and enough. Mm. Um, you know, I always struggled with weight, especially as a kid. So, you know, with this obsessive working out and this obsessive eating healthy, um, you know, I would lose a bunch of weight, but of course it wasn't sustainable. So it was, you know, fluctuating up and down a lot. And, you know, this is something I struggled with for such a long time, like even into college where, um, you know, I'd be working out, four hours a day, like only eating like 800 calories and, um, just like working out in the morning and then working out on my lunch break at work and then working out after work. Like it was just nonstop. And like I said, it was celebrated by people. And, um, I did competitive boxing for a while and anyone who's familiar with like the fight world, you have to lose a lot of weight. You want to be the lowest weight possible for your fight. So for my fights, I'd have to lose 30 pounds in six weeks. And then when I'd go back to my normal weight, it was, you know, my coach telling me that I was chunky and I was fat and I needed to lose weight again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like, I feel like if, like he didn't do it maliciously, of course, you know, right. but like he didn't know my mental health situation, my background, my struggle with eating disorders. 
So, you know, it was this, this constant up and down where basically I felt like I was only going to be worthy and enough and validated by others. If I was, you know, my smallest self, Mm -hmm. if I was working out the most, if, you know, I was eating the least. So, um, basically at at the end of, of all this craziness, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm done. Like this sucks. (laughs) I don't like it. You know, we always strive to, you know, be better or, you know, to work out more, but like it shouldn't be at the expense of, you know, our mental health. And I'm sure we'll dig into it a little more later, Mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, getting out of that unhealthy headspace was the best thing I ever did. And that's why I love to just help other people do that too, because this society really wants you to think like, all right, there's one way to do it. There's one way to be healthy. And it's not true. Fitness and nutrition Mm -hmm. is not a one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, you just look at it too. It's such a lifelong journey. I mean, you're talking about how this is, you remember very clearly it was already in fifth grade and possibly before that, that's just when you can identify it. Right. And so really thinking about those thought patterns and the amount of time and mental energy spent focusing on trying to achieve this and trying to sustain that from such a young age, it's really hard to get out of those patterns, especially when, as you said, they are continually reinforced by people complimenting you or by fitting into a certain mold or, you know, by looking at the media and seeing certain images and body types that are privileged over others. And just really then I think too, one thing thinking then about what that did to you mentally, you know, all of the mental component of you trying to work on something, but then not feeling like you could probably even tell somebody what was happening mentally because they were so happy for you or thought you were doing so well. So what was that kind of like to even wrestle with? How do I talk to somebody or what do I do? Like, what did you do in that space? I think the the biggest struggle was like, I really thought that you know, this is just life. Like this is what's going to be enough and what's going to be worthy. And I don't think I realized how miserable I was in that moment. I think a lot of people don't understand, um, that it doesn't have to be like that. Like you can, you can enjoy a cookie or a slice of cake or some chocolate, like literally without feeling guilty at all. And, you know, for me, that was never an option. Like food was either labeled good or bad now something I I love to teach my clients is like food has no moral value right we we don't have to label it good or bad we are not good or bad because we decided to eat a slice of pizza over a salad like there's no moral value to it but you know a lot of us think like oh I'm gonna be so bad or oh this uh, I'm gonna pick the bad option he 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 and it's like what are you like is it's, it's not like literally an Oreo is not bad. You guys like, right. Right. Not bad. Well, it's our our language around all of it too, you know, our cheat day. And like, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm so big into the messaging of all of it too, you know, and that's what I tell parents all of the time, like the ways that you talk about food and the ways that you're talking about exercise and health, your kids see that, you know, so it should be more about incorporating it as overall wellness and how we take care of ourselves instead of like, oh yeah, I ate that burrito. So now I have to go for a run or seeing it as like punishment or seeing any, or even like thinking about the ways a lot of times we use food as rewards, you know, teaching kids that like, oh, you did something good. Let's go get candy or cake or ice cream, you know, just even really looking at it in terms of, like you say, 
we have different places where we privilege, you know, when we're allowed to indulge, you know, or different spaces like that. And really even being honest with yourself about how you talk about food to yourself, like what you're saying, and then how that kind of comes across as in terms of, you know, your relationships with other people and how open you are about the ways that you monitor your exercise or monitor your food intake. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think people understand like how much weight their words have, like Mm -hmm. for themselves and other people, you know, like just little, like little comments and like it, it really sucks because, you know, no one wants to be like remembered for like the one, maybe little negative thing that they said, you know, but like, I even remember the guy I had a crush on in kindergarten asking me why I was fat. And like, looking back now, like, a five-year-old doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, why did I take it to heart so much? Yeah. Like even growing up, you know, mm-hmm. and in other little comments, like, you know, my mom has always been like this tiny, you know, tiny, tiny girl, like perfect body and, you know, um, society's eyes. And um, so people, especially in high school, would be like, well, why aren't you skinny? Like your mom, like, why don't you have your mom's body? And I'm just like, I don't know because she married my dad (laughs) (laughs) because I have different genes you know because we're different people yeah Yeah. and it it just even again the ways that people comment on your body or the ways that people think it's okay to comment on other people's body and that's what's so interesting is like if you look at most people do have ups and downs they have times in their life where they've you know had different situations where maybe they haven't been able to work out or they have you know, not been as fit as they want to, or whatever it looks like for them. And so it's always interesting to me too, the way that other people make assumptions based on how you look. Like when I was, you know, I've had issues with bulimia and food control and things like that in my past. And it took me a long time to get over some of those things. So then when I got sick with my lupus, one of the things that happened to me is I couldn't digest food and I was throwing up all the time. And it was like this major mind mental game of like, okay, I used to make myself do this and that was so unhealthy, but now this is happening in my body. But what was weird about it is I was so sick then with my lupus and throwing up all the time and people were complimenting me all the time, still telling me how good I looked, how wonderful I looked, until I reached that tipping point then where it got a little too thin. Then all of a sudden it was like, oh, are you okay? Oh, you really need to put on some weight. And it was like, I am already managing all of this stuff that I have inside mentally and the physical stuff. The last thing I really needed was anybody commenting on anything about my weight, my body shape, my appearance, anything like that, especially to make comments when, no, I'm actually really unhealthy right now. There's a reason I look this way or whatever it is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like, you know, that's something, you know, not to that extent, but you know, I remember one time I had food poisoning and, you know, I was obviously couldn't eat and I was throwing up a lot and I had multiple people like that week tell me, oh, have you lost weight? Like you look so good. And like, thankfully I was in a good, you know, I was kind of where I am now where like, honestly, when people comment on my weight, even saying, oh, have you lost weight? Like it kind of like offends me and annoys me because like, I don't have that relationship anymore where it's like, oh, I, I seek that external validation for my body. So I was like, like, stop commenting on people's weight. Like, and it's like I said before, like no one does it maliciously. Like people are trying to be nice and it's just the way that, you know, we've kind of molded society and how everyone, you know, thinks you're supposed to do, but like they think you're supposed to say it like that, but oh my gosh, we need to 
like listen and wait before we talk because yeah we shouldn't be commenting on people's body on their appearance um there was someone um I don't remember who but they said um you if you if that person can't fix it in five seconds so you know like maybe some smudged lipstick maybe you know they're you know they have a little stain on their shirt or something don't comment on it Mm. on that physical appearance and I was like that is so good you know commenting on someone's you know weight or anything like they can't fix that in five seconds they can't you know run their finger through their bangs real quick to to fix it so if they can't fix it in five seconds don't make a comment on it and I think that's a rule we kind of all need to live by and you know there's like there's so many ways to compliment people that have nothing to do with them you know, physically, or even that could have something to do with them physically, but has nothing to do with their weight. Like maybe saying like, you look so energized or you look so happy, Yeah. you know, not saying stuff like, oh, you look so even like the comment, like healthier, like you still don't know like what they're going through. Yeah. So it's just like, let's not comment on people's bodies at all. Unless you're telling me how big my biceps look, then please do it. Right. Unless that you're telling me that, yeah, you can see my work and effort in the gym, like then, then okay. Yeah. Bring that. Um, <laughs> I think the thing is, is like, you know, we have to just remember that most people too, like it is, it's like you said, it's the comment from somebody in kindergarten. It's this, this comment from childhood, or it's this thing that you remember. So most of the time by people, the adulthood, it's all of those things stacked up. Right. And, and really being able to understand that this is such a complex space for people and you know looking at my own journey and I know you've said this too in different ways the times when I looked the best physically according to societal standards I was at my worst emotionally and mentally absolutely you know so really thinking about like why we privilege that so much over privileging not only you know total wellness but mental health so like what was really the catalyst, I guess, for you or what kind of made you realize that you had to change this and how did you go about doing that? Yeah, I mean, I think it was just like realizing that, you know, spending the nights like crying and not loving myself and hating myself and feeling like I'll be worthy if this or I'll be happy when this happens. Like I was like this like this sucks like I vividly remember like sitting in my bathtub look like just scrolling on my phone and seeing um like this big explanation in like um medical like journal about what orthorexia was and it was something I never heard of and for people who don't know what orthorexia is it's kind of you know this unhealthy obsession with um exercise and diet and low calorie and you know, the right foods, the wrong foods, like over-exercising, all that stuff. And that was something I was really, really struggling with, like literally counting every single calorie, like, oh, can't eat, can't eat too many carrots because, you know, there's sugar, there's carbs in it. And it's just ridiculous. And I was reading it and I just remember like crying and just Mm -hmm. opening up and telling my husband, because I've never told anyone about you know, my struggles, especially because I I didn't even know that I was struggling with eating disorders. I thought it was normal, Mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, just being a little more open and transparent about it and then going through like the healing process, um, you know, it it wasn't going to be easy. It's definitely a roller coaster ride. And it's something like I'll probably always to an extent struggle with a little bit, Mm -hmm. but 
like where I am now and the relationship I have with my body and most importantly the relationship I have with food is just so healthier and so much better and like there's no guilt associated with it like I still work out regularly but I know the difference between like okay is this helping my mental health or is this hindering my mental health Mm -hmm. because you know you shouldn't be working out to the point where it's like detrimental to your mental health like yeah they should both be benefiting from it and you know what there's going to be different points in our lives where you know our weights are going to fluctuate because there's going to be different things going on in our life there's going to be different priorities you know if um pandemic hits like hey your mental health is gonna come first and yeah you're not going to be able to be your fittest self but you should be able to give yourself that grace and be like it's it's okay like you're here you're trying to survive and right now your your physical physique and fitness is not your number one priority at all and you know like our our bodies are going to change we need to be okay with that yes Right. Well, and I think too, I love how you speak so much, you know, in your Instagram page. And then when you talk with your clients too, about how this isn't just, you know, working out. So we look better. It's about, it's not about that at all. It's about, you know, you're doing this because of all of the benefits it gives you. You're doing this because it is going to help you, you know, be more mentally fit. It is going to help your self-esteem. It is going to help your self-worth, but only when you're approaching it, like you say, from a place of this is building myself up, not like, oh, I'm chasing this perfect body or I'm trying, you know, to become this version of this physique and really instead embracing like, okay, this journey, this health and wellness and fitness journey is part of the way that I become my best self, right? Not, I, sometimes I say, I don't want to say you become my best self because we're all already great, but it's more like the way that we shine that up even more or whatever you want to say, right? And I really love how you just help give people a mindset shift, not only toward their physical movement, but then how food is incorporated in that. So, you know, what are some of your favorite things to do within that space? Is it working with clients? Is it working out with them? Is it talking to them about food? I know you have so many different ways that you help people with this. Yeah. um, I think like my podcast is probably my favorite way because it's like, all right, I just want you to sit and listen to, you know, because I have a, I have so much stuff that I want to share because, you know, I've, I've gone through this journey for so many years and it's like, we've, we've gone through all these years living on life being with our brains being molded of what society has told us. So it's, we are going to resist in the beginning, this new way of thinking that we're going to think it's going to be wrong or uncomfortable, but it's like, all right, like it's gonna take time. Like you literally have to change your mindset because mm-hmm. your unhealthy relationship with food literally has nothing to do with food. Mm. Food is not the problem. It it all oh. stems from like where you are mentally, the relationship with, you know, other people and things in your life that, you know, have struggled. And that's why I'm just like, you can't just you know, try a new diet or start exercising more. Like you have to literally rewire your brain and reframe this mindset that you've been like telling every day is right. You know? And like, even these like body standards, these like this ideal body, it's made up. And right. how do I know it's, it's made, made up, up by people who benefit from it monetarily? <laughs> exactly. And like, how do I know it's made up? It's because there's a different ideal body literally in every country. And the ideal body, even in the US, has changed 
literally every decade. So how are we like not noticing that? Like it's, it's just changes so much and it's made up. And here's the thing. If no one can, <laughs> can easily attain this ideal body, then why are we all striving for it? You right. know, like we're all striving to be the same. And I bet you that if we all looked exactly the same, we'd all be trying our hardest to be different. So yeah. it's just like, we, we want what we can't have. And it's like, stop living like for these other people or these, these unattainable beauty standards and things that, you know, diet culture is telling you. And like, yeah, your best self is going to change. Uh, you know what that looks like, like your best self today literally might be just getting out of bed and eating a meal because you're struggling mentally you know, yep. your best and the best are not the same. You don't have to be the best every day, but your best is going to vary. Your best one day might be getting up early, getting your Bible reading done, going for a, a workout, you know, coming back, cleaning the house, doing all this stuff. But, you know, like a, a day or a week later, you know, your best might just be just dragging yourself out of bed and, yeah. you know, brushing your hair. So it's just, it's so unfair to think that you have to be the best every day in all aspects of your life when that's, that's, it's not going to happen. And if no one, no one posts on social media, like, Hey, finally had my first meal of the day at 5. PM. Cause I was laying in bed. So depressed. (laughs) Right. No one puts that. And it's, it's like really recognizing that it is, there are so many ups and downs to it and it is going to ebb and flow. And there are going to be times where you just really have to nurture yourself in a different way and then letting go of any guilt and shame associated with that. You know, it's not even sometimes comparing yourself to other people, but comparing yourself to yourself, you know, like, yeah, I did that, or I was going to do this, or I should do this and really letting go of some of that. Like I should, or I didn't and understanding that your best version is doing the best you can in any given moment. That's your best self. Okay. I'm doing the best I can with what I have right now. And sometimes what I have right now is the ability to lay in bed. (laughs) Sometimes what I have right now means I have to go sit on my bathroom floor and cry. That's my favorite place to cry is my bathroom floor (laughs) or whatever it is for you. Right. And just really allowing that to be okay, whatever it is, and then not build up that shame or that judgment or frustration that you didn't do something or that you were better last week or that you should be better or whatever it is. And I love that you said that your relationship with food doesn't have anything to do with food because it's such a true statement. And it's all of these things that you're talking about. It's your self-worth. It's figuring out, you know, where loving yourself enough to look at some of these choices that you're making, looking at where your energy is going, looking at your self-talk and loving yourself enough to stop harming yourself. And like really looking at like, these things are harmful to your body. These things are harmful to your brain. So let's stop hurting ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know why we think that we can like hate ourselves into loving ourselves. It literally doesn't make sense. Like, oh, I'll love my future self. If I change this, 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 and that. And it's like, no, if you don't love like where you are right now you're not gonna love a different version of yourself a smaller version of yourself you know because we all look back at you know pictures of ourselves from like 10 years ago where we 10 year challenge it's everywhere right now that's all I'm saying I know 
I know, but everyone make sure to find like a picture where they look worse 10 years ago and they look better now. But like, I'm sure many of us have like struggled where like you look back at your photo from 10 years ago and you're like, wow, like I looked like better, you know, smaller, whatever, all this stuff in air quotes. And it's like, you didn't appreciate it then. So obviously the smaller body wasn't the answer to your happiness, you know? So people like, it's just, it gets me every time people think I'll be happy when, or I'll be happy if, and it's like, happiness is not a destination. It's literally a journey. You have to choose every day when you're, when you wake up to be happy. And like something I, I do with my clients is like this whole, like, Oh, I'm going to save these jeans for, you know, these are my goal weight jeans. Mm, Like when I lose weight, I'm just like, well, here's the thing. Clothes were meant to fit you. You were not meant to fit clothes. And especially as women, we know that like, okay, the size eight is not going to be the same in every single company. I have so many sizes in my closet. It's ridiculous. I know it's like, it, it makes no sense. And we get so like hung up on it. And I tell people like, go through your clothes. If the, if things don't fit you, get rid of them. Like put them in a bag and donate them. Don't keep them hoping that one day you'll fit back into it. Cause all that's going to do is bring like negativity into your life. You're going to be upset. Like you're probably never going to fit into your high school jeans again. And that's okay because we weren't meant to. Yeah. And you know what? If one day you, you know, you do get, get down to a size where you could fit those jeans, you can go buy some new ones. It's right. Okay. The style's probably different. I know, I was gonna say, I don't know that my Jabot jeans are in style anymore anyway. (laughs) Right? I'm just like, get rid of it. If something isn't serving you, if something doesn't have a purpose in your house and your purpose shouldn't be, oh, this is my my goal pant size. Like, no, get rid of it. If it's not bringing you happiness, bye, get rid of it, out the door, go donate, go donate it. Maybe someone else has been looking for jeans that, you know, will really fit them. And you can, you know, you, by you holding on to them, they're not benefiting from, you know, they're the $5 jeans. They could have got a goodwill. So go donate them. Someone else could be putting them to use instead of taking up space in your drawer. So that's one thing I, I really make my clients do. I'm like, get rid of it. Well, and it clears up so much mental clutter when you do that too. Like even just going through your closet and looking at the things like, okay, I don't wear that as much. So it's just in the way then, or, you know, I might have five pair of jeans, but I always gravitate toward two because I really do feel the best in them. So why am I hanging on to the other three then, you know, so I can look at a pair and think, oh, I don't like the way my butt looks in that pair. I'm going to wear this other pair. Like, then why do I have this other pair that even makes me think that or whatever it is. Right. And just even recognizing like when you look in your closet or when you look at your clothes like where is how much mental energy is there just based on the fact that you have these different sizes or you have different ideas about them and I think that that's what I'm really trying to pay attention to too across all areas of my life is like how much mental energy am I spending thinking about this and so what is the what is this situation I can change okay sometimes it's something I need to do and I just keep thinking about it and I'm procrastinating so if I just did it then I wouldn't have to think about it anymore right or sometimes it's things like this it's like yeah opening up your closet seeing like this constant reminder oh I want to do that or oh I want to fit into these jeans It's like, okay, if that is a motivational tool for you and you open it up and you're like, yes, I'm going to get that. Those, those are the pants or whatever. Then by all means for you, that might be a thing. However, 
I don't think that's what most people are doing with those jeans. They're opening up their closet and being like, oh, I really want to fit in this. Oh, I should have worked out yesterday. I'm never going to fit in those jeans. Or, oh, remember when I could, it's more of that, that shame or that guilt. And it's not the positive motivational tool. So it's like what you're saying. If, if it is to fit into something, it's like, look at why you think that's going to be the thing that brings you happiness too. Like, what is it about that goal? Is it because then people will tell you you look great? Is it because you think you will feel better? And really even trying to understand like what makes us think these things I think is so interesting. And really, I love that you get into that with your clients. Yeah, I just, people give like the wrong things so much power. Like literally this piece of fabric, like this holds my happiness. Like, you know how crazy that sounds? Yet all of us, have done it or still do it sometimes in our life. Like no one else is like, like your neighbors aren't like, can't wait till she fits into that pair of jeans. Like, <laughs> you know? And if no, they were, that'd be a little weird, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, why don't we, why don't we focus on the things that like actually matter? Like, are you spending so much time obsessing about your weight and your pant size when it's like, you could be giving your child more one-on-one attention and love and energy. It's like, we, we give the wrong things our attention and then like we're still miserable at the at the end of the day so you know just really really trying to reframe our mindset and really learn how to like just be truly in tune with your body like it's so important it's so great that I'm at this point where you know I used to be so obsessed with working out where like even if my body was like literally begging me like please take a break, please lady. I would be like, nope. And I'm finally at this point where like, I know the difference between like, Hey, I'm feeling a little lazy and like, I don't want to work out. And like, Hey, my body truly needs this. Mm. And if I'm ever kind of like, okay, which one is it? I tell myself, I'm like, I'm going to get on my treadmill and just do a 10 minute walk, just a walk, like just a slow walk. And usually I'll know by the end of that 10 minutes, which way I'm leaning toward. Like there's sometimes where I'll be like, all right, like I'm feeling good. Let's go. Let's get this workout. And there's other times where I'm like, oh my gosh, this 10 minute walk at a three, three pace is feels like I'm running a marathon. And that's usually when I'm like, okay, my body is telling me no, maybe not today. And it's just so important to be in tune with your body, know what your body actually wants. Like do you actually like want that slice of cake or are you like feeling like, Ooh, you know what? I just want to, it's bad. I want it. And then eating the whole cake. And it's like, well, did you actually want it? You know, like, are you picking the salad? Because like, it actually, like, are you craving the nutrients? And my husband always makes fun of me. Cause I'll be like, I'm craving nutrients right now. Like I need my (laughs) smoothie bowl. And he's like, what does it mean to crave nutrients? That's so weird. And it's like, I just know my body so well. Like I know the difference between like, all right, my body is craving maybe more nutritious whole food. And at other time where it's like, you know what? My body's craving like some soul food. Like, yeah, I'm going to order like some pizza and enjoy it with friends or family and not feel guilty about it. And, you know, so many of us struggle like with this all or nothing mindset of either like, I'm going to be completely healthy or, oh no, I I ate a piece of pizza, like fell off the wagon, might as well eat the entire fridge or like, oh, if I, if I can't fit in a one or two hour workout, then might as well not work out at all. When it's like, Mm -hmm. you could have went on like a 10 minute walk or walk your dog. And like, that would have made your body so happy, but people are like, so obsessed with like, 
it's either all or nothing. And it's like, no, there's this wonderful gray area that we need to live in and that we need to enjoy. And it's going to change. Well, and I love too. I just, you said, you know, even sometimes recognizing when is it that I just don't want to do this because I'm not motivated or I'm feeling lazy and I need to break through that little mental space versus when is it that I need to honor my body. And sometimes it is, you, you might not know, cause I fall into that trap sometimes too. I'm like, Oh, I'm tired. It's like, well, are you really tired? <laughs> and, and, and just really even being able to recognize and listen to your body. And like you're saying with the food and thinking about it as fuel. Okay. So what does my body need right now versus what sounds good sometimes even, or like what, what sounds good learning and to tune into that and recognizing, you know, okay, when are the times that you crave something differently? Or when are the times, you know, do you notice when you're stressed, then you want a certain type of food, like just paying attention to all the ways that your body is really trying to tell you what it needs, but we get, so we we don't listen very well, or we've lost that connection between, you know, what our brain says and what we think we want versus what our body is really needing and keeping ourselves healthy. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people really use, um, like food is like this, this emotional tool, like this tool for, you know, dealing with our emotions when like in reality, you're just like stuffing it down. Like you're not acknowledging the, the true emotions, you know, a lot of people deal with, you know, emotional eating, just bad emotional habits in general. <clears throat> and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell my clients like, you have to like physically remove yourself from a situation and then go back and reassess. Like I remember, you know, I, I'm very, um, I have a very healthy relationship with food. I don't struggle with, um, you know, the things I struggled with my eating disorders, but there'll still be times where like, there'll be little triggers. Like I remember someone made me an entire cheesecake and it was something that, you know, I brought home and that's not something that, I really do, you know, like I'll buy like a slice of cheesecake or like I'll have a slice or maybe bring home a couple slices. But this person made me an entire cheesecake to bring home. And I remember just being like, ooh, like this is just a little triggering for me. Like it's just sitting in my fridge. Mm -hmm. And I remember like having the cheesecake out because it was a bomb cheesecake, not gonna (laughs) lie. And like I had a slice and I was like, ooh, this is really good. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna have another one. And I had a second one. And I was like, man, this is good cheesecake. And I was like, I'm going to have a third. And I was like, wait a second, do I actually want this or do I not want this? And I couldn't answer that in that situation right there. So I told myself, like, don't tell yourself no, first of all, because the moment you tell yourself no, <laughs> you're going to want it even <laughs> right? more. But I told myself, I said, you know, what? I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to take a shower because I need to take a shower. And I was like, if I still want that third, chi- third slice of cheesecake when I'm done taking my shower, I'll have it. So I went upstairs, I took, took my shower. And then I was like, no, like I feel satisfied with what I ate. I'm not, I don't actually want that third slice. And literally all it took was me like removing myself from the situation, you know, and, um, you know, not having that all or nothing mindset of like, oh, I already ate two slices. I might as well eat the whole cake. Like, right. No. And not feeling guilty that I ate two slices of cheesecake. Like who cares? It was bomb. It was so good. But you know, celebrating, I love to tell my clients, like you have to celebrate these little wins. And that was a little win for me. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Like that I separated myself from it and you know, something in, you know, not telling myself, no, just like, if I still want it in 20 minutes after I shower and get ready for bed, then I can have it, but I didn't want it. So, you Mm -hmm. know, I told my clients like, 
go for a walk, maybe um, read a book, take a shower, take a bath, um, like go, like literally remove yourself from a situation for a little bit mm-hmm. and then reassess, is this something I still want? Am I still feeling yeah. that this way? And you know what? Maybe you do still want it and that's okay. But normally nine times out of 10 year, once you remove yourself from the situation, you're like, yeah, man. Right. <laughs> I wanted that but it's bad. like really then allowing you to have some intention behind it too. Because if you would have just eaten that third piece, you probably wouldn't have even tasted it in the same way as you did the first two, mm-hmm. right? And then you might have felt differently about it afterward. But if you really would have wanted that third piece after your shower, then you probably would have went to it and been like, Yep, I wanted this piece. Oh my goodness, and savored it differently even then too, right? So it's not that you're removing yourself and you can't go make that choice or still have that thing, but it allows you to like really reflect on, okay, do I still want that and then enjoy it when you do have it or whatever it is and I think like it's really like you said recognizing too that it doesn't have to be an all or nothing word you know in the scarcity model like if I don't yet eat all this right now it's going to go away or something or if I don't work out you know to this level then I you know it's not worth it and just really recognizing that anything that you've probably worked on in your life, it was a period over time, right? It was small steps over time that led to big results. It was those daily changes or it was those daily habits or that raised awareness in every aspect. So it's like, if we could just realize that that really is the key across basically everything. I mean, like, honestly, yeah. You know, cause like just even what you're saying, like, that's the thing that my daughter and I, when we go shopping, we try to do that when we buy stuff too. It's like, okay, I kind of want this or do I really want it? So it's like, you know, can we leave or think about it later and then go back and see if you really do want it, but just like thinking about it instead of impulse buying or thinking about something instead of eating just spontaneously. And really, again, just like having that awareness to ask yourself what do I really want? What does my body really need? And sometimes I think we've just numbed out and we're not paying attention. And so then we just do the thing and then later we feel bad about it and we got to stop. Yeah. And like learning to be in tune with your body is like, it's definitely a process. It's going to take a while. And you know what? Now I'm at a place where I could probably be like, okay, I don't have to physically remove myself from the situation most times because I can recognize like, Hey, I'm full. I'm satisfied. Like I'm good where I am, you know, but knowing that I still have basically this coping mechanism to remove myself to kind of, you know, reflect with myself and what my body wants and needs. And, you know, we in society, we're given so many rules of what you should or shouldn't do, what you should or shouldn't eat that like, we aren't in tune with our body. Like, Back in the days, no one counted calories. People listened. Like if they were hungry, they went out and hunted and they ate, you know, if they weren't hungry, they stopped eating, but we aren't taught that in society. And like, there's like this whole, like all or nothing thing where it's like, can't, can't have that, can't have that. And then like, you want it where it's like in reality, if you would have just had that piece of candy, then you would have stopped thinking about it and could have moved forward, you know, (laughs) like something so small that literally like is still like the biggest win in my life is like someone will like give me a piece of candy and I'll put it in my purse and I'll literally forget about it for like weeks. And I'm just like, man, I remember a point in my life where it's like, it didn't last in my purse. I could be like, yeah, yeah, someone gave me the candy, you know, or like giving it to my husband or like throwing it away. And like, 
I, I it actually yesterday I was putting something in my purse and I saw this candy that someone gave me weeks ago like some old man at the pool that I swam at he's like well <laughs> I have candy I probably shouldn't have taken it <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> he was an employee he, was, he had a whole I had a whole bowl of it and um I was just like oh my gosh I forgot about this you know or even just having like a pint of ice cream in the fridge and I took a couple bites out of and yeah. it's like still sitting in there where I yeah. remember the, the yeah. old me would have been like oh it's sitting there taunting me but it's like now I'm at a point where it's like I honor my body and what it wants and like if it does want some ice cream I'll you know I'll eat it but because I'm honoring my body my body doesn't feel deprived of of all these things I keep depriving it of you know I don't overwork out where I dread working out or I feel like I have to, or I feel guilty if I, yeah. if I don't, don't work out a certain day, like, yeah, Sundays are my rest day, but my body's not like going to wait till Sunday to get exhausted. Like if my body's telling me on a Wednesday, yeah. like, Hey, I need to take a break. I'm not going to be like, sorry, dude, you yeah. need to wait till Sunday. It's, no, I'm honoring my body. My body doesn't yeah. know what day of the week it is, you know? Yeah. So just honoring my body and what it wants and what it needs and just learning to be in tune. And it's a process. It really is. But we have to take those steps to learn to yeah. be in tune with our body. Yeah. And taking those steps and recognizing that those steps are this, you know, it might feel like you're taking the same exact steps every day and you probably are right. It's like, that's how they become habits. That's how it becomes patterned. And then that's how you learn to let go of some of those other thought patterns or those other habits. And so just even recognizing that, you know, you're not alone on this and that other people are going through this too. And I think that I love the way that you just continue to open up this conversation for other people too, because I think that's so much part of this, right? Is that, you know, this is such a common problem. It's something that many people are going through their lives thinking about food and shaming themselves or restricting themselves or using workouts as a way to privilege, you know, what they can eat and different things. So really even just acknowledging that this is a space that exists and we need to be better about addressing it and really figuring out how to be healthier mentally and physically instead of falling into these traps that we've been in forever. Yeah, like our, our mindset has been shaped through all these years and we want it to just be like changed. And, you know, I tell people you you can't control your first thought, but you can control your second thought. So yeah, that first thought is probably going to be something that diet culture has taught you that is just so ingrained in your brain. But it's like, all right, well, take a second and be like, all right, I'm going to control what my second thought is. And your first thought might look in the mirror and be like, that body sucks. Like you aren't right. good enough. But just like, no, my second thought to be like, no, like I am healthy. I, you know, have these wonderful legs that get me out of bed every morning. Like mm -hmm. there's so much more to me. Like my body is the least interesting thing about me. Yeah. Like, and if that's all you care about. You are missing out on the amazing things that I have to offer. Like my body is just a temple and a vessel that God has lent to me to really, you know, like do put out the gifts and the purposes that you know, he gave me like, I am one of a kind and it has nothing to do with my body. Like it's just alone, you know? So I'm going to take care of it because it is alone. And I want to, you know, be here as long as I can, but like for that to be my entire purpose of my life is to obsess about like the loan that I have of this yeah. body and to try to, you know, make it look a certain way. Like, Okay, no one's gonna stand up at your funeral and be like, I'm so glad she lost those last 10 pounds. Right. So right. glad she wore a size six. Like, no one's gonna be saying that. You know, right. your kid's gonna be saying, I'm so glad that my mom 
you know, made it to all my performances, all my soccer games, your friends would be like, you know, she really listened to me and she was there for me, you know, like, why don't we focus on the things that we want people to say at our funeral? Because no one's going to be talking about, you Mm -hmm. know, those last 10 pounds that we lost. Right. And really just recognizing where we've placed it in terms of its importance. And if it, if it feels like it is something that you're spending your your majority of your day thinking about or worrying about, then really, you know, acknowledging that too, that there might be time for a shift in where your mindset is and where your attention is going. So obviously I know that you help people with this. Tell everybody else, where can we find you? Where is the best place for them to really get in touch with you and learn more about what you do? Yeah, so definitely um, follow me on Instagram. All my links are on there. My Instagram is at this is Miranda Lee. Um, so yeah, all my links are on there. You can go to my website, this is Miranda Lee.com. Um, and my podcast is called the M Powered Podcast. So M Powered Podcast. And yeah, just connect with me. Like I said, you can find everything on either my website or my um or my Instagram, you know, I just launched Diet Ditchers Academy um, to help people, you know, find food freedom, reframe their mindset and just stop doing diets forever. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, you can definitely do that course. Um, It's, you know, a faith-based course, doing it on your own time, which is great because we don't always have time to sit down with a coach one-on-one. But yeah, just reach out and say, hi, I'd love to talk to you guys. Well, thank you so much for sharing. You had such a wealth of information that I think people can take and apply across so many different areas of their life too. And I just really appreciate that you're willing to come in and talk to my audience. I'm so grateful to have you in my life as a friend. And thank you again for everything that you had to share with us today, Miranda. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope you were taking notes while listening to this episode. I feel like it was mic drop after mic drop while speaking with Miranda. Here are a few takeaways from today's episode. Number one, fitness is not a one size fits all. It can look different for everyone and can be unhealthy to strive to what others look like who are up on some pedestal in society. Number two, words are so heavy and so hurtful. Things from our childhood really can stick with us into adulthood. Commenting on another's body can be a really dangerous thing to do as we don't know what is really going on behind the scenes. Number three, Fitness is really about doing it to build yourself up and be mentally and physically fit, not to chase the sometimes unrealistic expectation in society. Number four, you can try all the diets and exercise constantly, but it isn't until you shift your mindset into a healthier and more compassionate state that you'll see your relationship with food and fitness shift. Number five, honor your body right now, not what it used to be. And holding on to old items for when you were at a goal weight, it can truly create so much shame in your fitness journey. Number six, our bodies are always communicating to us what they want to eat and how they want us to move. Lean into listening while knowing that you can do something and give yourself grace instead of going all in and being extreme with how you respond. You can find Miranda on Instagram at this is Miranda Lee and her website is www.thisismirandalee.com. Thank you again for being here. I'm so excited to have you as a listener on the Being Whole podcast. Thanks again. See you next time.